Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. setting of text and I want their application to be in a different setting of text so we're going to read from Luke 21 but I'll be mostly preaching from Acts 27 and 28 I'm going to read in Luke chapter number 21 here this evening in your hearing thank you for being in God's house thank you brother Malone for leading us so consciously amen through this service tonight and every service we appreciate that wholeheartedly Amen. Thank you for those who are able to step up whenever uh, just different people are missing and so on and so forth. And thank God for uh, Brother and Sister Mason, the younger, amen, and those that help, amen, with music and such. We're appreciative of that. Luke chapter 21, I want to read verses 18 and 19. Both of these verses is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And uh, there's a lot of things that he discussed in this moment, and I'll talk just a little about them. But his words to them and all of this is this, but there shall not an hair of your head perish. In your patience, possess ye your souls. In your patience, possess ye your souls. For a little while tonight, I want to minister this, lessons in patience. I might be totally in left field tonight, and if I am, God can let me know it. But in my office today, I felt like that I needed to tell somebody that they needed to be patient. I felt like that somebody maybe had some choices and decisions and things that have been mulling over in their mind, and they have been on the precipice or on the verge of acting upon those decisions, and God's wanting to tell you that you need to be patient. And so with the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I'm going to try to follow the leading of the Lord. Amen. Here in the next little while. Father, I come to you this evening. I pray, O oh Lord, today that you're able to help me. God, help me, Lord, to be your vessel, Lord Jesus, your man, God, for the next few moments. I pray, O oh God, tonight, God, those impressions, O oh Lord, that I felt today. God, that guidance that I felt today. I pray, Lord, that it would guide us, Lord, even now, Lord, through the ministry of your word. God, I don't want to lean on my own understanding, but God, I want to lean upon you. God, you're able to speak, Lord, with clarity, and you're able to speak, Lord, with confidence into the life of an individual. God, whether they be sitting in this room or whether, Lord God, they be listening, Lord Jesus, by live stream, I pray, God, let your word go forth. Let it not return void. Let it find its perfect target and its perfect mark, Lord. God, will not fail to thank you and praise you, Lord Jesus, for what you do, Lord Jesus, by this and in this place. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray hallelujah and the church say amen amen you may be seated tonight lessons in patience the setting of our two verses of scripture is in a moment of time that Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's talking to them about the future he's talking to them about some things that possibly and may befall them in their life that would take place he talks about how there will be a time in which in their future that there will be an upheaval of nations and there will be an upheaval of kingdoms. 
He talks about how the unraveling of nature will take place, that there will be in divers places earthquakes and there will be famines and there will be pestilence upon the land. He speaks to them about how there will be persecution and betrayal from governments and even people as close as their own families. He talks about how there would be hatred that would they would receive from all people around them. It did not matter that it would be uh, just kind of the, the tempo of that day of hatred. And then he assures them in everything that he is saying, but there will not be a hair of your head that shall perish. There's going to be pestilence and famine and betrayal and there's going to be upheaval and there's going to be earthquake and there's going to be kingdoms rising and falling, but there will not be a hair of your head that shall perish. And he tells them how that this will be the case. He says, because in your patience possess ye your souls. This is a lesson that I believe that is illustrated over and over again in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 27 and 28 with the great trip and voyage of Paul upon the ship. But for our purposes tonight, my focus is not so much so upon Paul who was a prisoner upon that ship, but my focus is upon the officer that was over Paul, the officer that was over those 276 prisoners, souls as it were, that was upon the ship, upon this man I believe the, 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 the saying can apply that in your patience possess ye your soul. Because this officer had a goal. This officer had a, a, a uh, responsibility before him that he needed to get Paul and the others to Rome. He needed to get them to Italy. It, it was a priority upon his list. It was a responsibility of his to achieve. And the Bible says that they first set sail upon a boat, just officer and Paul and the other prisoners. They first set sail upon a boat that held circuit close along the shoreline from which they departed. It was a boat that just went up and down the coast, up and down the shoreline. It was a coastal ship that ran uh, so far from Adramitium, and it made deliveries at other little cities along the coast. And when it would go as far as its route would take it, it would start to go back along the coast, back from which it came. And so this officer got Paul, the other prisoners, upon this coastal ship, this coastal boat, as it was going along the coast. And it was a ship that was not meant for open sea. It was only meant for along the coast. It was meant for coastline sailing. And yet, before they ever left the coastline, uh, the city that was along the coastline, before they ever left that, the Bible tells us in Acts 27 that they already began to encounter some headwinds that made it hard for the ship to keep its course. They're not in the open sea. They are not in that progression that's going across the water to Rome quite yet, but they're traveling along a coast that's going to put them in alignment with making the trip. Amen to Rome in Italy. So they're along the coast and there is already some headwinds that is hard and difficult 
for them to keep their course. And the question and the thing that we must surmise in our minds is this, is if the wind is terrible here along the course, the coast, it will only worsen in open waters. When the coastal ship has taken them as far as it could along the coast, the officer that is in charge of this voyage and this journey and these prisoners, the Bible says that he saw another ship to take him further on their journey. He knew the coastal ship was not good for open waters, and he could not expect it to fare well beyond the shore. And yet, he also had to dismiss to a certain degree that there were already contrary winds blowing against him when he was at the coast already. And perhaps he just struggled, he just chalked it all up to the fact you know, we struggled along there because it's just an inadequate ship. It's just a coastal ship. It's not meant to deal with a lot of wind or contrary winds. Nevertheless, the Bible says that he switched ships and he boarded, he board, he boarded a ship of Alexandria, which could have been a large, as history says, as large as 140 feet long, 36 feet wide, 33 feet tall. It was a ship that was meant for the open sea and not the coast. It was a better built ship than those of coastal ships. But it still, according to scripture, was no competition for the storms that could rage at times on the open sea. It was still no competition for the bad storms that it could be sub subjected to during horrible or wrong or bad seasons of the year. Several days of traveling after they got on this other ship, the Bible says it proved that they were in some rough sailing. It slowed down their progress. They couldn't go the speed they wanted to go. They couldn't go as fast as they wanted to go. They couldn't go at the distance that they wanted to go. Both the coastal ship and now the ship that was made for the open sea, they sailed what was known along the islands on the lee side, meaning they sailed on the sides that, had, that were least affected by the wind. And yet it was still challenging for them to keep their course, their ship on course. They had hardly made it the Bible says into fair havens barely making it and the Bible says they spent several days there because all of the wind and all of all the contrary wind the sailing on the open sea had gone from dangerous or difficult to dangerous and they find themselves in a precarious situation but the whole fact of the matter is this the Bible says that it was late in the year the Bible says it was the time and the season of the year when it wasn't the season for sailing. It wasn't the season for going on a voyage. It wasn't the season for going on a trip. Between mid-September and to mid-November, it was known, it was common knowledge for people that lived around the Mediterranean Sea that that was dangerous times to attempt to sail. From mid-November to February, people around the Mediterranean Sea knew that it was almost nearly impossible to sail. Amen. And yet this officer had went along the coast. He endeavored to go to the open sea and he was not ignorant that it just wasn't a good season for sailing. But he thought, I have a go. I have a responsibility. There's a destiny that we need to get to. There's somewhere that I need to be, and I need to get there as quickly as possible. I need to get there, and I need to make the choices and the decisions to make it happen. 
but it wasn't the season for that. With his voice of reason, the apostle Paul, being up on board this ship, begins to speak with reason to the officer and those that are around. He says, listen here. He says, if you attempt, if you endeavor, if you endeavor to sail in this season, which isn't a season for sailing, if you endeavor to go on this journey, which isn't the time to go on this journey, he said, this ship, is going to suffer shipwreck. What are you saying tonight, Brother McGee? I'm just giving a word. Call it warning. Call it whatever it may be of guidance tonight. I'm here to tell somebody has some choices and decisions and destinies, places that you would like to get to and be at in life. I've come with a word of the Lord tonight to tell you. I know you may have a goal in mind, and I know you may have some type of desire to achieve, and I know that there might be a different state of life that you would like to be in right now from where you are right now but understanding the timing of it all is just as important as understanding the purpose of it all don't get ahead of the schedule don't try to sail out of season don't make a choice whenever that choice doesn't be need to be made yet don't allow your impatience to cause you to embark on a voyage during an uncooperative of season. Don't force the voice. Don't force the voice. Don't allow. Can I preach to you tonight? Please hear this pastor this evening. Don't allow your impatience to compromise your safety. Folks, I understand there are times that we want to be in other places of life or there's times that there's other stages of life or certain scenarios of life. We want to happen quick. We want to rush into them. We want them to take place. But listen, if it's not the time for that sailing, if it is not, if it is not, amen, helpful or safety for that type of sailing, don't allow your, your want to, to arrive, amen, to make you unsafe for the journey. God has a perfect time. God has a perfect plan. God has a perfect season. Someone say amen. What are you saying? I'm saying this. There will be a season for selling again. There will be a moment when that decision can be made. But without harm to you or your family or your children. I know I'm speaking out of my head here tonight. Amen. But this is not that season. You've already felt the winds while along the coast. They didn't get better when the officer went out to the deep, to the open sea. We need to let this season have its course so that we might stay on course and reach our destiny unharmed. What I'm getting at tonight is people fall in and out sometimes looking for advice even in the church. And there's times that they want to move when it's not time to move. There are times they want to move forward in certain areas and decisions of their life when it's not time to move forward. It's just time for them to be patient. And in their patience, they'll possess their souls. Because when you move, when you make a choice, when you make a decision, when you invite certain things in your life or you try to even reach certain goes and destinies. It needs to be according to the time of the master. It needs, yeah. It doesn't matter how good they are, how profitable it seems like they would be. You got to be patient on the timing of God. 
Paul was frank. He said, when we do stuff like this, when we go, when it's not the season for selling, he says there's a few possibilities that can happen. Shipwreck, injuries, and at times there's a loss of life. What Paul was saying, when you move when you should be waiting, When you force the trip, when you need to be waking, waiting on a more suitable time to make the choice or decision or trip. He says there's shipwreck or there's injuries or there's loss of life. What are you saying? I'm saying, God, I'm saying, God, tonight, help my impatience. Help my impatience. I may have some destinies on the horizon, but I don't have to rush the voyage. I don't have to rush the journey if it's not the season for the choice. If it's not. My wife and I have all time says that God's timing is just as important as his plan. His timing is just important as his plan. Before I ever got married, I felt the call of God to evangelize upon my life. But I did not start evangelizing until three years after I was married. I knew the plan. But the timing was just as important as the plan. There was what would in some estimation was a three-year delay. But I call it safety. I call it the timing of God I don't know what have happened I've seen it happen in other people's life They start out on the voyage And you know what happens Shipwreck Injuries Or loss of life The timing is absolutely important What are you saying tonight Pastor Me, I'm saying this I'd rather you get there without injury Than arrive on your schedule wounded Because if you think the delay in waiting is terrible, the time wasted on shipwreck is horrific. Oh, someone say amen. It's better to arrive late according to your standards than not to arrive at all. There's nothing wrong with having just a little bit of patience. Because in your patience, you'll possess your soul. There is a safekeeping power. Paul gave his voice of reason. The officer was there. He heard it. In his mind, I got a schedule. In his mind, this, this, they need to be there at Rome. They need to make it to it. They need to get there. I know the wind's doing its thing, but I, I need to do this. Because, see, this is on me. I'm the officer. And so Paul's advice did not sway the officer in charge. And besides that, they took a little, a little detour. And because of the wind being so bad, the Bible says they landed on fair havens, an arbor called fair havens. And that was just what fair havens was to them. It was hmm, the Bible says it wasn't commodious to winter in, which basically means this. It wasn't comfortable to winter there. Whew. 
The officer's mindset is this. If I can't make the whole trip now, then I at least want to try to make it to a haven that's more comfortable than where I'm at. Please hear me out tonight. I don't know hardly a solitary individual upon the face of planet Earth that would not say waiting for most part is uncomfortable for everyone. We have been trained not to wait. Fast food, microwaves, right? Huh? Amazon Prime, order today, have tomorrow. We're a bunch of spoiled kids. I want it, and I want it right now. Don't care how I got to get it. Some don't care what they got to go through to get it. But the officer is saying, I, I'm, I need to make the trip, but if I can't do it all, at least I want to be comfortable. <laughs> Waiting was uncomfortable. I don't care how much you want to ease it. What you want to do to pass the time for it? Waiting is uncomfortable. They're trying to give you $1,000. you got to wait five years to get it. <laughs> Waiting is uncomfortable. I'll admit to you tonight that life, listen to me here today. We all made part of this fabric of humanity. That life seems unfair most days, if not many, that we spend upon this planet Earth. There are some very, very uncomfortable moments that this life affords each and every one of us. But in Paul's urging to the officer and others was this. He said the discomfort, in my, in my paraphrase, the discomfort is better than being dead. Someone say amen. Fair Havens was considered the exposed harbor, but it was still considered a harbor. It was a part of a body of water that somewhat protected and deep enough to furnish anchorage for the ship. Say, well, it's, it's an exposed harbor. Yes, but it's still an harbor. Nonetheless, it's serving for protection and it's serving as an anchoring point because the wind's going to get bad this winter. Someone hear me right now. Certain, listen, certain moments of life are not time for decision making. It's not time to decide whether you want your wife's handmaiden to go unto her to have a child, Abraham, at this time. It's not the time to make a decision about that. But they did. It raised up an Ishmael. It raised up a group of Arabs that still is in existence of the family line today and why you see all the fighting between an Arabic nation and a Jewish nation. Because somebody made a decision when it wasn't time to make a decision. Oh, someone say, help me, Jesus. Amen. They are, if you will, instead they are 
times, there are times that we just need to be patient. There's times you don't need to make a decision. You don't have to make a choice. You don't have to force a voyage. But there are times in those times of patience, in those times of waiting, you know what you need. Yeah, you need a fair havens. Oh, but Brother McGee, I understand waiting is uncomfortable. But thank God he's provided for you in your waiting a place where you can anchor, an anchor point. There are times when it's not time to make a decision that it's time for you just to tie yourself off on a dependable anchorage point and let the wind blow and let the season pass and let the wind er we got to take the advice of Jesus in your patience possess ye your soul but that wasn't the case in the book of Acts they pulled up anchor and attempted to travel 40 more miles along the coast to a quote-unquote, Brother Fred, more comfortable haven. Right? He's sacrificing going 40 miles just to get more comfortable. Because he don't want to wait on taking this voyage. And when this is all said and done, as you read in Acts 27 and 28, the ship from its original place of origin will have been driven 500 miles off course trying to make an unadvisable 40-mile trip. They attempted 40 more miles just for the sake of comfort and in the end will have been driven 500 miles off course. And the very reason they attempted this will be pointless in the end because they were trying to gain more comfort and rather they lost comfort. Please don't look at me in the face tonight, Shepherd McGee. But I need to make this decision now. If I don't jump on this, I'm going to miss it. Honey, you might miss more right now. Amen. If you go on and try it, you might, you might. You're going to lose a whole lot more. You're going to have some sleepless nights. You're going to have some heartache. There's going to be some things birthed out of moving too soon or out of sync with God's timing that's going to give you more heartache than if you just waited at an uncomfortable harbor, anchored to an anchor point. Bible says they, they let loose from there tried to travel those 40 more miles brown and the Bible says when they did yeah there was a soft wind that blew, blew softly and they thought that they had gained the favor yeah see this is exactly what we thought would happen everything's well but the Bible says no sooner that had happened that a tempestuous wind drove them uh, Euroclindon is the name of the wind a tempestuous wind would drive them and now it's not driving them along the coastal shore it's driving them out into the open sea they're away from safety they're away from shore. They're away from arbors. Now they are driven out into the open sea. And so let me tell you this. If, if, they, if they thought, you know what, waiting isn't my game. I don't like to wait. Now they have plenty of stuff occupying their time. Is everybody doing all right? They have plenty of stuff occupying their time. The Bible tells us in Acts 27, 16, it says after they got driven out to the open sea, they said we had much work to come by the boat. Now that we're out here in the open sea, this is requiring a lot more work because the winds are powerful. If you don't like waiting for the right season, you may spend your time keeping afloat. 
the Bible says we, we had much work by the ship because now that we're out here in the open sea, this thing's about ready to bust loose. The Bible says they put helps, which were cables, down underneath the hull of the ship and they would tighten up with wrenches on both sides just trying to keep the members of the wood together. So that thing, that took some time. If you thought you didn't, you didn't want to wait, then now you got something to occupy your time. Amen, because you didn't wait. The Bible says they undergirded it to keep it from falling apart. It says on the second day, they lightened the ship. They're throwing stuff overboard. You didn't like waiting? Well, now you got some stuff to occupy your time. On the third day, the Bible says because the storm was so great and the wind was so powerful, they even cast out the tackling of the sea. Day after day, they had something to do, but it was really for their own safety, trying to keep afloat, trying to keep aboard because they didn't wait. Someone say amen. The fair havens, yes, it says it wasn't commodious. It was uncomfortable. But I ask you this question tonight. I wonder how comforting it is to be casting all those items overboard that you was expecting to depend upon on your voyage. Can I tell somebody tonight, in your patience, you possess your souls. But let me tell you what impatience will try to do. Impatience will have you arrive at your destiny with less than what you started if you're not careful. You'll arrive, but you won't arrive with what you had when you left because of impatience. Impatience will steal your hope. The Bible says in Acts 27 and 20, there they are out in the middle of all this because they chose to go further when it wasn't season, wasn't time for that. The Bible says all hope that we should be saved was taken away. They were in a very compromising they, they felt like all hope was lost. The officer no thought about thought, I gotta go now. I gotta give them over there now. We gotta make it to Rome now. But now he's saying all hope is gone that we're even gonna make it. All hope is gone that we're even gonna survive. Amen. You you may say that you you they felt that way because of the storm or they felt that way because of the wind but yes remember please sir or ma'am they are in the storm because of an officer's impatience amen the bible records that the ship was being driven everywhere it was being driven up and down in the sea and this premature journey, Scripture tells us, many of you may know the story, that it ends in just like one of the things that Paul says. It ends in shipwreck. They are left with strewn upon the water and the sea, broken pieces of the boat that's in the water all around them as they are in the water themselves. They've not reached Rome, Italy yet. That was the destiny. That was the plan. They've not reached Rome, Italy yet. They've not reached a safer haven, a more comfortable haven. But they do have a shipwreck near the island of Melita. And then this is recorded many verses later in Acts 28 and verse 11. They've been at the Isle of Melita. Paul's been bit, bitten by the viper. All these things have taken place. Uh, Publius, a man on the island, has been healed. All these things. And this is what the Bible says in verse 11. And after three months, everybody say three months. And after three months, we departed in a ship of Alexandria. 
which had wintered in the isle whose sign was Castor and Pollux. The Living Bible says it like this. It was three months after the shipwreck before we set sail again. Thank God that his mercy doesn't allow every shipwreck to be fatal. Thank God that he does, his mercy doesn't allow every shipwreck to be fatal. And if there or our impatience resulted in a wreck, thank God his mercy that you are still alive and that you can set sail again. Ship! Is broken in pieces, yes. But God's mercy has spared their souls. Huh? Impatience. In many regards, Bishop made a wreck of their journey, their vessel, their itinerary. But thank God that His mercy has spared their souls because patience is really the possessor of the soul and their impatience risked their soul but God's mercy spared the soul for someone tonight I'm here to encourage you though on the flip side of this for someone tonight shipwreck doesn't mean journey over for somebody tonight Shipwreck does not mean journey over. It just means trip delayed. The very thing that you avoided, a delay, is the same thing that God has caused you to experience. Is the very thing that God caused you to experience. Although you were impatient, he's brought a delay. That's just the way God works sometimes. It's his way of teaching us lessons of impatient of impatience. If you if you if you are going to be impatient, he says you go on with your bad self, I'll cause it where you there is no option that you have. You'll have to wait. You'll have to stand still. You'll I don't know what the outcome would have been if whenever the whole nation of Israel was standing at the Red Sea, right, with mountains on either side of them and Pharaoh's army behind them. Amen. But the Lord spoke to Moses. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Why? Because all that night, the Bible says the east wind was going to blow. And the blowing of the east wind caused the waters to stack up on the right hand and up on the left hand. Had Moses been impatient had Moses been impatient and been saying I got to get these people away from these Egyptians I got to get these people in the promised land had he been impatient no east wind had blown all night no waters would have been stacked I don't know if the outcome for the children of Israel would have been the same but every soul of the Israelite was okay because in his patience of standing still he saw the salvation of God huh? 
Because here's the fact of the matter. Though you might think nothing's not, nothing is happening, there could be east wind blowing that you're not aware of. That if you'll, if you'll trust God in his decree to say wait, he'll make the way before you the way it needs to be before you in order to walk through it. Someone say amen. When we talk about the trajectory of our lives, when we talk about decisions we make, whenever we talk about all these things, we're talking about our souls are at stake. I don't know if you really realize that. We make decisions in our everyday lives. We're kind of flippant over it sometimes. You know, where we're going to work, what we're going to do for employment, where we're going to live. I don't know if we really realize it or not, but, but our souls are at stake with the decisions and such that we make. Our souls are at stake. The trajectory of our lives are at stake. And so timing is very important. What you do, if you do, and when you do, amen, is essential, amen, to your life. Patience with the timing and the process of God will help keep your soul intact. It will help possess your soul, amen. And here's the fact of the matter for those that have suffered shipwreck with their impatience. Here's the great news of Acts 28. The Bible says three months after they had been shipwrecked, they set sail again. What are you saying? I'm saying thank God for his mercy. You may have been impatient in the past. You may have messed up. You may have had all the broken pieces of your ship around you in the water, but I'm here to encourage you tonight. You can set sail again. You can reach your goal. You can reach your destiny, but hopefully you will go forward now with the lessons of patience. Someone say amen. Please note that when they arrived at Melita after shipwrecked, that they didn't immediately regroup and jump on the second ship of Alexandria and take off sailing toward Rome. It didn't even happen the next day. It didn't even happen the next week. The Bible says in our scripture, verse 11 of Acts 28, that three months later, three months later, why? Because the scripture says it was still winter season. It was still the season that it wasn't good for selling. And they learned something from their previous trip. If this isn't the season to make the trip, then we're going to wait it out till the season for making the trip arrives. And so they waited for three months because winter wasn't open yet. Time wasn't right yet. They waited for three months, amen, and when winter was over and the contrary winds were done, they learned what God was speaking to them. And we must learn tonight that sometimes when God says not now, it does not mean not ever, but it's timing. Do you hear me tonight? It's not that God has refused you. He's just telling you right now is it the moment. Right now is it the time. It is. It's not going to be profitable in this season. Just wait a little bit. Be patient a little bit. And you'll possess your soul and your desire. They learned. That officer had to learn that it was more beneficial to wait than it was to force the journey. Let me ask you tonight. I won't hold you. I've already been here long enough. But you know how it goes. Let me ask you tonight. How many ships are you willing to wreck? How many resources are you ready to expend to do what you want to do when you want to do it? 
let me ask this question will you survive the next shipwreck will you arrive where you want to be with injuries that may prevent you from enjoying enjoying your expected end huh so I'm here I made it got two broken legs because I wanted to go when I wanted to go but I'm here are you going to arrive with injuries that can steal some of the enjoyment of your destiny or will you wait injury free ship unscathed and get there when God wants you to get there I feel like I mean tonight I'm, I'm telling you to feel like I'm going through a dark room that I'm not familiar with and I'm just kind of touching and going here okay the outcomes and I, I'm hastening to close on this the outcomes are entirely different with the first ship of Alexander Alexandria compared to the second ship of Alexandria note first trip impatience ended in a shipwreck that was close to the island of Malia broken pieces are strewn upon the water they did not end with things that they left with because they cast that out somewhere along on the journey the tackle the lightning of the sh the lightning the ship hope was bleak and survival was questionable the whole trip the first time, from the moment they began, read again along the coastline when they was in that coastal boat, the wind was already blowing. The whole trip was a struggle. But in the second chance voyage, there is no mention of any of those former mentioned things. They were patient. They waited three additional months. They set sail. And then the Bible says, look at this. You can read of it in verse 12 of chapter 28 and also in verse 14. They set sail and then they arrived at one place and they tarried there for three days. And they went a little further and they, they lingered at another location for seven days. What are you saying, Brother McGee? They're not in a rush. They're not in a rush. Sister McGee saying it on the front pew. They're just enjoying the journey. Because they know the timing is right. And we'll get there when we're supposed to be there. I'm telling somebody tonight, someone needs to get in their spirit that things in your life that you would like to have different than what they are right now, they will get there when they're supposed to get there. You'll change when it needs to change. The trip, when the season's right, the journey will be well. Mm -hmm. They're not in a rush, and so the closing. And you understand with me. The closing words on this trip are found in Acts twenty-eight and verse sixteen. And when we came to Rome, and when we came to Rome, the centurion, this officer delivered the prisoners and when we came to Rome 
first trip doesn't even come close to it. Impatience didn't get them there. Patience and when we came to Rome, that's where he was desiring to be. That's where he wanted to get. And he got there when he was patient and the timing was right. And everything was appropriate for him to get there. So at the right season, they made the desired trip and they reached their destiny without disappointment. And in their patience, they possessed their souls. Please, 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 if we bow our heads tonight, bow our heads this evening. I know, I know, life seems tremendously unfair. So it's like, it's not the fair havens, it's the unfair havens that I'm at, Brother McGee. But I'm asking someone here this evening, please do not react too quickly to something, to a choice, to a decision to an opportunity if the season isn't correct for doing it. Boy, I feel like I'm walking through a dark room. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. We want you to arrive not wounded. We want you to arrive without shipwreck. We want you to arrive without loss of life or loss of belongings. Don't forfeit the things that you presently have just for the purpose of making the next leg of your journey. No, 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 no. We want to, we want to arrive there whole in every sense of the word and every sense of the meaning. And I'm here to tell you today that God can help you do it. And he's provided a sure anchor point while you He'll renew your strength. He'll allow you to mount up with wings as an eagle. If we just learn to wait. It's uncomfortable, Brother McGee. Shh. Talk to me about it. I don't like waiting. Buddy, if I'm in traffic and there's gridlock traffic, I'm looking for an alternate route. I don't want to wait. You know what the funny thing is? Sometimes I've taken alternate routes and the traffic broke up and people still was ahead of me that was behind me. You know why? Because I just didn't have the patience to wait. Lessons and patience. Nobody prays for patience, right? No, no one, no one pays for patience. But they are still lessons we need to learn. Whew. These altars are open tonight. And if this didn't speak or minister to anybody here, God is much wiser than me. And uh, he never said I had to understand what I was doing. He just tells me to do it. And so I just try to be obedient. But there could be someone here tonight or there could be someone that was listening online, sir or ma'am, please hear me tonight. God is, God is just trying to urge you that if the season isn't right, then there's no reason to try to force the voyage. If the timing isn't correct, then there is no reason to force the trip. 
your patience possess you, your soul. Hallelujah, Jesus. They're going to prepare to sing here tonight. I wish you would be self-reflective right now in this moment. There might be some goals and aspirations in your life. There might be some positionally places that you'd rather be in life than where you are right now. But all of that needs to be according to the divine timing of God. It's perfect. It's perfect. If you found yourself shipwrecked, you got hope tonight. You survived. And you can yet sell again. That is my promise to you. You can yet sell again. But do it according to the timing of the Lord. Do it according to the purpose of God, the will of God, the plan of God that He has for your life. Because He does have a plan. He does have a purpose. He wants to, as the book of Jeremiah said, He wants to give you an expected end. But it's going to be His timing. It's going to be His timing. Let's worship Him. Let's talk to God right now. I love you, Jesus.
Jesus. In bow our heads today, Father, I thank you, Lord, God, for your spirit. I thank you, Lord, God, for your careful and, Lord, dependable, Lord Jesus, guidance, Lord, that you give, that you offer, Lord, in our lives. Help us, God, to lend ear and lend, Lord Jesus, will, God, to the working of your spirit, Lord, your timing is impeccable. Your timing is impeccable, oh God. Help us to work in conjunction with the timing of the Lord. Help us to work in conjunction with the purpose of God. Lord, I pray, Jesus, minister, Lord, to the needs of this building. Minister, Lord, to the needs of these people. God, Lord, those here and online, God, both tonight, help us, God, to learn the lessons, God, of patience, God, that our souls would be possessed that they would be safeguarded, Lord, that they would be whole and they would complete. And our arrival, Lord God, will be, Lord, sure and timely, Lord, according to heaven's agenda. God, I thank you, Lord, tonight. God bless your people this week. God, encourage them as they go forward. Let them know, God, that they can set sail again. Lord, if the mercy of God is spared and have kept them, Lord, God, even their moments, Lord Jesus, of, of waning, Lord God, and wondering, God, Lord, from the moment of truth that you would have us. I pray, God, speak and minister, Lord, through this week and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray hallelujah and amen of the church say amen amen just McGee, you have announcement is that okay sorry amen man we have had some good church today haven't we some good word um real quickly I just want to make an announcement um, we have been planning this for a while now, and we're going to hopefully get it going and off the ground in October. And that is on Sunday evenings during the ministry of the word that we are going to um, have a nursery available for children ages zero, birth to three. Birth to three. If your kid is three years old, they can go up there. And I approached Sister Jennifer Cruz, and she is going to be our nursery director 
for this ministry. I'm super excited and thankful for her. Amen. And when I tell you that I approached her about it, and literally the very next service, she comes to me with a folder, a list of, of a, a sign-up list, some rules. I mean, she already was just full throttle, all in. And so I'm super excited for her to head this up. I'm so grateful for her. Um, and then her right-hand lady, her assistant, is going to be Sister Maddie, and at the moment, Adams, soon to change that name. But Sister Maddie is going to be her assistant. So on the back, on the bulletin board, there is a sign-up sheet. Now here's the kind of the scenario. If you would like to utilize the nursery for your child that is zero to three, we ask that you sign your name and that you'll just be asked and willing to work at least one of those Sunday nights each month as a worker. So if you utilize the service, we just ask that you also be a worker. Now if you are a lady in the church and you don't have a kid in that age range, but you would be willing to work one Sunday evening out of the month, we ask that you sign your name. You just don't have to list a child next to your name. So there is a sign-up sheet. We are going to keep this female only just for propriety and etiquette's sake. Nothing against the guys, but this will be a ladies' ministry of the church, and the nursery will be upstairs. One of the rules for the nursery, parents will not be allowed in the nursery unless you are working that evening. Um, just because we don't want four, five, six adults up there and three kids. So our two, we will always have two nursery workers upstairs at all times. If someone is absent, we will have a sub available to fill in for them. So there will always be two workers up there. So at offering on Sunday nights, um, we're hoping to get it off the ground the first Sunday in October, if that gets pushed back just a little bit. But within the month of October, we will be initializing that. Sister Cruz will be making a schedule. She'll be reaching out to the people. So I ask you that if you have a child that you would like to utilize the nursery, go ahead and sign up. Or if you're a lady here in the church and there's no requirements as far as, you know, any type of standards, membership, whatnot. But if you're saying, hey, I would be willing to work one night out of the month on a, on a Sunday night, then I ask that you just sign your name back there, and Sister Cruz will be getting with you all uh, with a meeting. And so we are super excited for that. Can everybody say amen? And you know what that means? It's just another piece of evidence that our church is growing. Because look at all the young kids we have in that age group. It's wonderful, isn't it? So we want to give that opportunity um, to parents that come that they can have an opportunity to hear the preached word and maybe have a place for their kid to go during that evening. You don't have to utilize the service. It's not required, but it is provided for you on a Sunday night to utilize the nursery. Everybody say amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you and have a blessed day.